Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for Your Entertainment Corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. Hi. Hello. Hi. I hate that song. Which song? The one he just played. Did you really? I hate that song. I asked you if you wanted me to play that. Yeah, I did want you to play it because it's an iconic Matrix song. Uh, It doesn't matter what I think. I could have picked the other one. What other one? The one I played, the one we played earlier. You wanted that one as the outro. No, I wanted that as the intro. Oh, the one that you said takes a while to pick up? Yeah, I probably could have like edited it and, you know, maybe shorten and shit. Damn! No, this is the Matrix song. Yeah, that that is pretty, that song is pretty iconic. Even though you hate it. I do. Damn. <laughs> anyway, this is the managing editor and writer at Screen Geek. Dot Kelsey hates me. <laughs> you know what I say, though? What? What do you say? Hope it is a quintessential human <laughs> delusion. Simultaneously, the source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. A.K.A. But no, I hope... <laughs> I hope it's a slow moving poison. Yeah. God. You know what? You, <laughs> got, you, gotta get, you have to get that tattooed on you. I do. Not the long version, the short, short version. You should get the long version tattooed on you too. <laughs> it's wrapping around your whole arm. <laughs> Except I always say positivity, but it's the same thing. Just mm, say positivity. I think yeah. that one that one's a little bit more comical. Hope is like, damn, that's some dour shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you're about that dour stuff. So. Totally. I love mm. it. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal, two E's and Real. Um, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. And if you could please review us on iTunes so we could get noticed. Our segments for this week's show. We're doing Exactly one news article. Mm, keeping it short today. Because mm-hmm, we got a lot to talk about. We got our recent review of The Matrix Resurrections, our variety time where Mark has some feelings about Slash Film, and our geriatric cinematic, The Matrix, 1999. What is the topic? Is that a rabbit hole or a gopher hole? We'll find out. Every time I see a hole in the ground, I just think it's a snake. Well, every time I see a boot around, I think there's a snake in there. Do you? Yeah. I would think there's a spider, but... No, because, you know, there might be a snake in their boots. From, from Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Jesus! <laughs> I thought you at least would get that. What the f- wait, 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 wait! We fucking reviewed that, the, the last one, too! Uh-huh. And still... Over that. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you reminded me and I said, oh, yeah. So, you know. I know, but I didn't think I would have to do that. Look, I don't remember anything. <laughs> you don't even remember yesterday. I don't remember your name. Who are you? I don't know. Why are you here? I don't know. Since we don't know what we're doing here, we should just get into the news. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the news. Yes. Stuff happened. Why are you confused? I don't know, because I was like doing something, and you were like, let's jump into the news. Oh, shit, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, so recently Peter Dinklage has actually come out and defended the Game of Thrones uh, finale. Um, I mean, there's other stuff going on in the news, but this one we're just like, let's just talk about this because I think this is pretty interesting. So while promoting, uh, while Dinklage was promoting his next film, which is Joel Rice-directed musical. uh, Cyrano. Cyrano. uh, Dinklage has spoke to the New York Times uh, in length for like a profile. And of course, they they talked about Game of Thrones. Um, and during that talk, he gave a kind of response, response, uh, regarding like the finale. Cause everybody was like, that finale is garbage. I'm one of those people saying the finale is garbage. All this kind of stuff. Anyway. So this is what Dinklage said. Uh, it was the right time. No less, no more. You don't want to wear out your welcome. Although I'm not sure that show could have, but I think that, I think that the, uh, I think the reason there was some backlash about the ending is because they were angry at us for breaking up with them. Uh, we were going off the air and they didn't know what to do with their Sunday nights anymore. They wanted more, so they backlash about that. Um, I'm definitely going to get some pushback on that. The backlash, I don't think... I, I, I don't th- To me, that's like a backhanded way of saying people are too stupid to understand that a show is ending. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to be angry like a fucking animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and like, I kind of expect more from him. So I'm disappointed in him. Yeah. So like the discourse around that, specifically that final season is it felt rushed. A lot of people said that it felt rushed. There's like a lot of threads that they didn't tie up. Not saying they need to tie up everything, but it was very sloppy. A lot of like weird character arcs that took a whole different direction. Well, even the production, the the team, the set team, mm-hmm. it was like every single week for a while they were like, "Oh, there's a Starbucks cup." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, someone's cell phone or something, water bottle, like. Yeah, yeah, and especially like one of the biggest things is how uh, Daenerys Targaryen has like that turn that was like no like wound up to it at all it was barely wound up to it and then all of a sudden she's like cycle crazy and shit like that um uh so then he continues on and says um an overall response to the finale he said uh they wanted the pretty white people to ride off into sunset together by the way it's fiction there's there's dragons in it move on uh he laughs and said no but the show subverts what you think and that's what i love about it so that last line about the show subverts what you think, totally agree with it. There are people, there are heroes that you swore that were going to like, that had a plot armor. Mm-hmm. And they got murked the next episode, right? Yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest draws of Game of Thrones. It was just like, holy shit, anybody can fucking die. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. It wasn't like Walking Dead kind of bullshit. The problem with that was, like I said... Like making certain people becoming like the new king. I don't know, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but like certain people like the king out of no out of fucking nowhere. Um, like I said, the whole thing with Daenerys Targaryen kind of just going crazy and all this kind of shit, especially like how uh, Jamie Lannister he had this whole arc of like getting away from Cersei's, having his own identity, seeing the evils of the Lannisters and stuff like that, and they did this kind of turn that around and go like yeah doesn't really matter yeah like all that kind of stuff so you know yeah he had his opinion on it that's his i think he just he's too close to it he loves that show Mm -hmm. like he loves it i think he loves what it did for his career and i think he loved the whole Mm -hmm. the whole story and 
how he got swept away in it. So I don't think he's seeing seeing it mm-hmm. the way anyone else would. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, too, on that. I, I think it is because this is like a straight up outside perspective. I mean, there are people who have stupid... Uh, what's it called like a critique about it. oh it's just dumb. you know like the people who aren't really intelligent when it comes to like critiquing stuff but there have been like tons and tons of articles written by uh film journalists and actually like people whose job is to analyze stuff and they're just like what the fuck was any of this like why'd yeah. you guys do that even george r. r martin uh came out uh recently and said I wanted hbo to like have a couple more seasons like because he he could tell that like no you guys are like what are you guys doing like yeah this is like my sh- i mean not not you know we don't know his exact mindset but he wanted more seasons to go on is he writing books to- he's, he's never gonna finish these books no he still has like one more book one more book i forgot what's supposed to be called but he's been working on that book for like i don't know like 10 years 10 or 15 years mm. and he's never gonna finish that fucking book gotcha i honestly think this the series finale might have scared him off a bit i don't think so oh really I think it, if it were me, it would have motivated me to do it, to finish the fucking book. Because, yeah. oh, that's not how I wanted it. Mm-hmm. This is how I wanted it. Yeah, that, that could be very true. But he could. Uh, but I, I, I kind of see him kind of being like, because the, 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 the fandom, not even just Game of Thrones, but like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, let's just say there's this toxic nature of fandom. It's just like, if, if it's not pitch perfect, if it's not like exactly what they wanted, you know, then they just turn on you. They just go psycho on you and stuff like that. And I think that might be kind of like, that might be have been pushing, that's kind of making George R. R. Martin take a step back and think like, all right, I got to make this ending fucking perfect, but I'm too scared to write it because it, it might it might turn on me or some shit like that. Maybe, but it's not going to kill him. If not, if you're creative, <laughs> usually you have something to, yeah. that you got to get it out. Yeah. You're not afraid of what people think, really. Actually, that would be, be funny if, like, the way how the show ended was exactly how he was going to end it, like, in the book. <laughs> he was like, oh, fuck. I know, I got to rewrite the whole fucking thing now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but we don't know. But I don't know. I, I just thought that was interesting how Dinklage is, came out and said that. And I, and I I give much respect to that guy. I love watching his work outside of Game of Thrones. Whenever he shows up in something, I'm like, all right, I'm down. Like, even um, this movie he's coming out. What's it called again? Cyrano. Cyrano. I'm not a, you know, as, as repeatedly said on this podcast, I'm not much of a musical fan. And I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so I mean, like I said, it's going to be a light docket in terms of the news uh, because we got uh, something else we want to talk about. Yeah, we're going to do our, it's recent review time, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you, you said you got something else. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to do our recent review of The Matrix Resurrections. We can't see it. But we're all trapped inside these strange repeating loops. Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. But this is the moment for you to show us what is real. So deja vu. And yet it's obviously all wrong. Maybe this isn't the story we think it is. 
They taught you good. Made you believe their world was all you deserved. But some part of you knew that was a lie. Some part of you remembered what was real. It's so easy to forget how much noise the Matrix pumps into your head. Something else makes the same kind of noise. War. The synopsis is, return to a world of two realities, one everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. That was the most pretentious fucking <laughs> I think I've ever read on this show. Well, I mean, fuck. We'll get into it further. How that bleeds into this movie. <laughs> Directed by Lana Wachowski, written by David Mitchell, Alexander uh, Hemmen, and Lana Wachowski. Uh, it stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie Anderson, uh, Carrie Anderson, <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss, Yeah, uh, Yeah, Abdul Mateen the second. Jonathan Groff, Jessica Henwick, and Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, I, one, didn't think this movie was ever going to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, by the end of Revolutions, you're just like, that's it. That's the end of the story. That's fine. Then, you know, get news about this. Like, oh shit, okay, maybe they got more to say. And I remember... One like one night you and I were watching TV and I think like I think I just, I think I like just popped on the trailer like hey let's just watch the trailer real quick and I think I remember telling you like okay I'm excited but I don't want to be that excited because I feel like whenever I get something so far like for this year whenever I get overly excited about something it's it disappoints me mm-hmm. to some degree yep um, case in point was like last night in Soho that was like the number one movie I was looking forward to came out and I was like Cowboy Bebop Cowboy Bebop was another one you know it was very for last night in soho was very mixed uh cowboy bebop was like you know i wish they'd done a bit better on it but whatever and i was uh i was glad that i fucking held back on my excitement because fuck i did not like this movie <laughs> like i it's i almost had like the star wars uh the uh what's it called the rise of skywalker feeling about it yeah like when i got done watching makes resurrections i was like okay i don't know how to feel about this i don't know if i should be pissed or just kind of like give it a pass um so then i had to like let it sit for a couple days mm-hmm. until like i end up writing my writing my review and which is on screen geek and then you ended up changing your grade <laughs> oh yeah i ended up changing my grade this is, i i think i had it from like a c and i was gonna drop it to like a d but my editor in chief was like Let's just give it like a D plus. I'm like fine, <laughs> fairly real. <laughs> fine then. Um, Kelsey, what what did you think about this movie? You said something to me earlier today. I was like, oh shit. We did not need this movie. <laughs> we did not need it. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the way revolutions ended, mm-hmm. you get a, a sense of this is the end of the arc. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one came along and just kind of upended everything. Absolutely. Um, Revolution is like, I mean, for whatever, for, I mean, you're going to hear a lot of comparisons between this and Reload and Revolutions. Um, uh, for for whatever, like, Revolutions that did at the end, it, it did kind of, like, tie up 
a lot of stuff. We know we know what happens with the Smith. We know what's happening to Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, uh, Niobe, everybody. We're just like, all right, we're done. We're out of this world. Totally fine with that, you know? Yeah. You know, there's hope in everything. Matrix Resurrections, yeah, like Kelsey said, it upends that shit. It, like, takes away the hope and it's like, yo, yo y'all just started another war. Yep. For why? <laughs> Fucking why? <laughs> Uh, so what did you what did you think of uh, what did you think of the performance? Um, you know how I feel about Keanu lately. Mm-hmm. He he does a lot of the whole like anytime something crazy is going on and he's running or whatever he does this whole like old person arm wavy thing mm-hmm. like he can't and his body's real stiff and I'm just like oh shit yeah. like it's really more evident in this one. Yeah. Well, like, I thought it was really evident in John Wick, the last one. And that's the thing. For me, like, with John Wick, uh, John Wick 3, I kind of gave it an excuse. Because I, I guess I put my head in the mind of, like, in the mind of this world of, like, this character. He's, like, beaten up and everything. So, obviously, he would move that type of way or some shit like that. Um, but well, yet, this one, too. No, well, well see, that, that's the thing. In this one... It's like it's really evident that like okay he probably needs to stop doing action because like his his he's obviously cannot move as much as he, he used to be used to, to. and these Matrix movies were very very demanding not just of him but of everybody else. I I will say that I'm sure that they used a double for mm-hmm. most of his action scenes. Yeah. Um. So unless it was like a static shock, a shock, static shot where yeah. you were getting like a. A, a reaction and he's like waving his arms mm-hmm. anytime he's actually fighting is a lot more fluid and i act is was believable to me yeah there was like there's one part this is not a spoiler at all but it's it because it, it's in the trailer there's a part where he's where keanu reeves is fi- fighting gaia, gaia abdul mateen's character and is and you can tell it's him mm-hmm. and i was just like okay that's more of like his style like kind of like being able to block and punch a certain way and stuff like that but as in doing like the kicks and like really moving around it's mm-hmm. like oh shit man like we're seeing it like like take your time take a take a breather yeah. um but other than his other than the physicality would you think of just like his performance there's like i mean you just start out the franchise i didn't really feel like there was a lot mm-hmm. coming from him and mm. it kind of went into this one too, and I just feel like he just chooses characters to play that are like that. Yeah, yeah. Where it, where he's just like not he, anything it, special, right? There, yeah, he doesn't like. Mm. You can for sure see the spark between his character and Carrie Ann Moss's character. Uh, yeah. Before we go into there, I want to kind of add more to to what you're saying about like nothing special. That I I feel that really played to his strengths because that's what the that's what the franchise kind of like wanted from him that he was he's just so almost like flabbergasted of what he was seeing mm-hmm. and there is like a level of like n- no specialness to him because it's supposed to be like as a uh, as a conduit for just like the, the everyday the the it, it could be anybody it could be the one yeah but usually mm-hmm. if you're a real human being you're going to react to something you're not gonna be stoic. Yeah. He's yeah. just stoic and everything. Okay, so but so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that kind of make it ex- give it the excuse for the the previous franchise, the previous trilogy, and then this one, he should have gotten a little bit better. 
because he because he's more well experienced and like what the fuck is happening there's no more like what's going on what like there's like no need to like exposition 45 minutes into of of this whole world because we know this world you know we know the world but his character didn't well no that's what i'm saying like that's what i'm saying like in the in resurrections he he the war was still kind of it was like it was a bit different for what the setting was but like it, he still didn't have to be like what like what was going on oh, yeah yeah um so going back to the the thing with him then uh carry on moss that's the one thing i really enjoyed of this while watching this movie is them together uh, their relationship is one of like the strongest points of the franchise, mm-hmm. and I feel this one it, it was just so great to see them together again. I'm just like, why aren't why aren't these two in more movies? Like, I really wish they would be acting more because the chemistry between the two has has still have not it hasn't decreased over these years. This, and that it, just reminded me of what I saw recently about Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Kate Winslet. Oh, about how the like the chemistry between the two. They see each other every year, and they haven't seen each other in three years. Mm-hmm. And she was in tears because she's like, "I missed my best friend." Yeah, they've they're done, like so connected. Yeah, they've done. I know two movies off the top of my head they've done together. Yeah. Um. So okay, so uh oh okay, and another thing that I I felt with this one is Keanu Reeves did kind of play with the character a little bit more. Like there's that bathroom scene. Where he's kind of like, this isn't real. This isn't happening. Like, I actually kind of like, laughed about it because I felt like he was actually having a little bit of fun. Yeah. Because it was something so different. Like, he's never been, like, so frantic like that, right? Yeah. So, with that that scene, I thought that was funny because he was like, oh, shit, am I crazy or am I not? But also, I thought it was funny because he would feel crazy and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, it was like nothing happened. Yeah. There's no come down, you yeah. know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. With that. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, oh. stoic. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, there's bullets flying. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what did you think of the uh, like the new cast members, like uh, um, like Mateen, Groff, and uh, Henwick, or and Harris? I like Neil Pat- Patrick Harris. Sometimes he mm. can be a little too like comic like. Mm-hmm. But he actually fit in this one. So it, he wasn't as comic-like as he usually is. I liked him for about 10% of this movie. Really? When he turned when he turned into that to that person like later on, I was like, yo, dude, why are you in this fucking movie? And, like, it was too comic booky how he was acting. I feel like it's less comic booky than he usually is. So mm. I don't know. Maybe that's why I liked him. Okay. Um, I liked Jessica Henwick in this yeah she was like my favorite yeah totally agree with you i actually wish that like they focused more on her in in this movie yeah it's like that whole star wars thing like mm-hmm. pass the baton exactly yeah yeah like yeah exactly kind of like not like necessarily get too much into like her back well obviously in this background but like i think it would have been great showing because like because like in, in the previous movies we get like neo and how and we get like itty bitty kind of like these this is how he's affecting people right but it's more of like oh he's the messiah mm-hmm. right i think with jessica henwick they could have gotten to something deeper about how much it's really affecting her working with uh like after the whole war is over and everything like that a new generation of like how how is she gonna handle herself like dealing with like neo and on this path and stuff like that right and i thought it'd been great if they had focused more on that but unfortunately they didn't yeah I also, I don't understand 
they had the same hair whether they were in the matrix or out of the matrix most of the time in in all three of the trilogy movies Mm -hmm. except when he had a shaved head but you know like it would grow out and then yeah why did she have blue hair in the matrix i think because i feel like the wachowskis had missed out on an opportunity to really have like a, a digital version of yourself because they, they, they did touch up upon that in the in the first matrix of like, oh, what you see you what you see is your you as you perceive as your digital self. You know, kinda of like an avatar. Whenever you create an avatar, you don't exactly make the person look like you. You want this person to look like this. I feel like in this one, Lana was like, All right, let's let's actually like make that a thing. Let me let's have that. And I, I think maybe I was just disappointed she didn't keep the blue hair all the time. <laughs> imagine her trying to dye her hair inside her ship <laughs> like the fucking the fucking squigglies are coming or the sentinels squigglies are, yeah, well, they, call them, they call them the squigglies but like the sentinels the sentinels are coming like oh sentinels are coming she's like shit shit she's like messing up she's getting blue dye all over the place or something <laughs> yeah um real quick about um Jonathan Groff mm-hmm. whatever yeah, feels like way. really whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen also whatever. I think he was very under underutilized. I was so I was like, yo, this is this dude is a great fucking actor. I think he was underutilized, and mm-hmm. I don't think he was directed well. Yeah, because Morpheus, like mm-hmm. him as Morpheus, mm-hmm. he lost so much, mm-hmm. like of that personality he was a totally different person yeah so i didn't i wasn't tracking with that yeah yeah and and it's like they it seemed like they were kind of giving him a lot at the beginning like okay cool he's gonna have like a a real crucial point into the story and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but no he would he would be there and then he wouldn't be there he was like an eighth banana yeah definitely like yeah yeah and the fact that like i mean not only like the morpheus thing but like there's something else that's a combination with that that we'll get further into spoilers. But, like, how they were, like, combining that with the Morpheus character with another character, like, internally. Oh, mm-hmm. that could that could have been something really fucking interesting. Yeah. And they, were, they just kind of mentioned, like, passing off. Like, oh, this is, he's this and this. Like, all right, go further. Like, let's go further into that. Why not? Yeah. The movie's almost two and a half fucking hours. Why fucking not? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I think. Um Carrie a mess, a mess. I liked her, <laughs> but I, I was, I feel like sometimes she could be stoic too, but I think I've gotten used to it with her character. So I kind yeah. of enjoyed her in this one. Yeah. Even like, even like when she was, um, even like when she was in the matrix and she wasn't like Trinity, Trinity, she, it was still kind of like, Oh, I don't know. You still got a sense that she was Trinity. Like, like when you get like when you get the when you get Neo, or when you get the Thomas Anderson and Neo, you actually get like the two different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. And with this one, with her characters Trinity and Tiffany, you kind of just don't get any difference. You get maybe like Trinity, but like toned down a little. Like you get Trinity mom. Yeah. You get that, and I was like, there's like really no stark difference between the two. Exactly. And I and I was just like, like what. <laughs> I think that has to go into like the director from Lana. Like she didn't go like, oh, go a little bit harder with like the mom personality. I, I honestly, it feels a lot like she played favorites. Oh, as characters, like, yeah. Like, like Trinity had her time, mm-hmm. and now we've got this Jessica Henwick, and mm-hmm. you know she's cute and fun to play with or whatever. So mm-hmm. let's you make her the badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
let's make her the badass, but not let's let's not make her let's not focus the story on her. Exactly. It's just like, all right, all right. Um, all right. You want to hop into the spoiler section? Yes. <laughs> you pause, like. Do I, I was want just. To? I'm just thinking. We talked a lot about the characters mm-hmm. or the actors, but we didn't talk about visuals. We'll get more into the visuals because the visuals start. They get start, start getting into more spoiler territory. Okay. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're gonna hop into the <clears throat> excuse me. We're gonna hop into the spoiler section. We're gonna talk about the Matrix Resurrections, Great Length, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So here's your spoiler <laughs> bumper right about now. Okay, so the the visuals. I liked them. Okay. A lot. Anything in particular? Um I think the fight scenes were really cool. I think it was also really interesting how they were playing with like the mirrors a little bit. Mhm. Um it, um they did some world building stuff. That mm-hmm. just kind of took me out of it because I started thinking about Avatar. Okay, how so? Like the some of the ship designs, like the not the ships, but like the ones that they gave names to the machines. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, and like some of the world, like the larger world, was kind of like. Mm-hmm. They, you could tell they put a lot of time and effort into like making it not like today's world but like mm-hmm. now you talking about the real world or the, the ma- no the real world like okay. when neo was out on that balcony okay yeah with 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 um jada pickett smith with some it might be some bad makeup yeah it was bad makeup yeah yeah okay i honestly don't even understand why they needed to age everyone else 60 years it didn't make it any sense even for the the story. It didn't add anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. They could have. They could have honestly just been like, yeah, it's been twenty years since the war has been over. Yeah. And here's why, you know. And they could have like maybe because like I feel like with Keanu Reeves, they did age him up a bit, but like they didn't. Um, but it was just enough to be like, okay, obviously time has gone by. Even even with Carrie Ann Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they didn't have to be like, oh yeah, sixty years has passed. Yeah, I guess it's been twenty for you, but sixty for everyone else. I guess they wanted to make a see. They want to make sure that like, oh, these are the characters that aren't are not coming back. Like the fact that like Morpheus is dead. Yeah, but he could have died in those twenty years. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we'll see. He, here's the thing: he does die in those twenty years because um, in the Matrix Online video game, mm-hmm. his character does die. Yeah. Like the way how the, if I remember correctly, I did not, I did not play the Matrix Online game. This is me just like reading up on and stuff like that. The way how the story goes for Matrix Online is that um, the machines, they take Neo's body, but the humans, they want the body back because they want to give it, they want to give it a proper burial. Mm -hmm. And the machines are like, no. And the reason why they're taking it is because they want to like discern the code, the anomaly code and kind of like figure out. Right. So in the game, your mission is to, it's essentially get all the pieces of like Neo's body and stuff like that, right? You're like part of like these groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And during the game, Morpheus is killed. Like he's blasted, you know, shot down and like that's it. They could have usually just went like that. 20 years have passed, what happens 20 years? Well, this, this, and this, and boom, 
and they they made they the long the Wachowskis have said the Matrix online game is canon with the story, mm-hmm. but with but within the movie they're just like yeah he died. <laughs> I also kind of think like mm-hmm. I forgot what I was gonna say. Okay. <laughs> okay. So okay. So back to the visuals. Back to the visuals. That's that's all I have to say about that. I just felt like it was okay. some of it, like it was more polished, mm-hmm. but some of it was like kind of cheesy because it mm-hmm. just made me think of Avatar. I'm okay. like this this is not the Matrix that I remember where it's kind of grimy and dirty yeah. and like you're talking about like in terms of like the machines in the real world, right? Or anything really. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a fan of the visuals, like. Uh, some of the action was super fucking choppy for me. Like that train, that train scene. Oh, I got lost so many times. Yeah, you're like, wait, who's where? What's going on? I, like, you know? I couldn't follow the story because of it. Yeah, like that was like really bad. I will admit that, like, I did, I did like how they changed. They kind of advanced some of the technology in terms of like, how do we get out? Oh, you have to go through a mirror or through or like a window or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like using the phone. Yeah. And that makes more that makes sense because all this time has passed. They figured out ways to get through and stuff like that, which I thought was cool. The only, the like even like the uh, even like the action scene in the in the in the in the business building with the first one where like Morpheus comes out of the bathroom and stuff like that and starts blasting. It was almost like a parody because mm-hmm. he's like just standing there, just like do 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 like shooting like all that kind of stuff, and then you see him like cartwheel flip. And the cart will flip and then yeah. do, 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 like that kind of shit. Like, oh, look what we can do. Yeah, like, hey, you remember this? Remember they, like, shot each other in the rain, in the water and stuff like that? Yeah, you remember. <laughs> Speaking of shit like that, uh-huh. did you get a sense towards the end that Keanu Reeves, all he was doing three times in a row was just stopping bullets? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, this is old. Stop it. Yeah, that's the thing. And, like, and, and that, that kind of goes into, like, okay, this is showing Keanu Reeves' age because they've, like, you know, they've been, like, oh, he's, like, putting up his hands. He's stopping these bullets. Or he's doing, like, force pushing, like, everybody away and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, my, 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 kid, my kid's mom had, like, watched this movie and we were texting back and forth. And she was, like, there was a lot of shooting in this movie. I don't remember that many gun battles in the previous movies i'm like yeah yeah you're right holy shit they just like well we can't i and that's the thing it's it keanu didn't have to do it's not like we wanted keanu Reeves to do all the kung fu there's this young cast that you can tell are physically ready to do this i felt like they just didn't have the the, the they obviously didn't have the fight choreographer from the previous movies but it seems like they had like some amateur fight choreographer or like some immediate uh intermediate fight choreographer like they didn't they didn't think it out all the way of like how can we make these scenes look impressive and shit like that yeah um even like in the warehouse scene before they go and meet up with trinity mm-hmm. it was that that to me that was one of the most boring kung fu fight scenes like i've seen in this whole fucking trilogy yeah which i was just like i don't care i don't care i honestly couldn't care about anything really <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that bothered me about this film, mm-hmm. like, I know it's it's the same thing, but it cuts two ways, right? Mm-hmm. In the trilogy, Neo and Trinity are mm-hmm. kind of like a central focus. Mm-hmm. Like, they're connected. She believes in him. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was a little cheesy, but I was willing to deal with it because it wasn't like real fucking sappy yeah yeah 
And they made it the entire focus of this fucking movie. Mm -hmm. Like, the entire focus. These people that haven't been around for 20 years. Mm. Or 60 years now. 60 years, yeah. They're just going to start a war to bring them back for what? Yeah. And I don't give a shit how in love they are with each other. As far Mm. as I'm concerned, they're dead. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, when, when they died in the previous movies, you were like... Because it seemed like that, like that would be the end of their story. Like they, like like Neil's journey was to make the sacrifice to become to become the sacrificial lamb to like save everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And then Trinity, you know, I've granted back then, you know, the woman lifting up the guy it, that was a common thing, right? Which I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give this movie too much fault for changing that up because now Ken, uh, Neil is like, oh, I, it's my turn to believe in her, which I'm like, okay. I figured that was going to happen, right? But it was done in a very, like, like a very sappy way. It was super sappy. Yeah. So then, which leads to mm-hmm. the way they explained what happened to him and, mm-hmm. like, what his going to the machine city and, and mm-hmm. being with the machines meant. Mm-hmm. I'm like kind of pissed off because you have a new matrix now so basically mm-hmm. he fulfilled what the, he went through the it didn't matter what he chose when he met with the architect yeah it was gonna have the same fucking end whether it was yeah. messy or not messy was the point yeah yeah exactly it's it, so it it's like okay so none of that made any fucking sense or it didn't fucking matter then yeah it yeah. was like like following a story where something happens and then you realize <laughs> at the end the guy was dreaming yeah yeah it totally like negates like what the fuck um everything that they fought for it kind of like totally negates i mean not, not just that but like what happens at the end which let, let's hold off on that because i because i want that to be our closer on that um so jumping from the other another subject uh, oh so my take on the visual like i said my take on the visuals i didn't like it too much the only visual i thought was kind of all right wasn't too bad was uh bless you thank you was the the motorcycle chasing i thought that was cool for like about 30 seconds yeah and then it, it then it just started getting repetitive because it was just like oh stop this car oh stop this car oh stop that car yeah like that part got pretty like all right all right okay we got it one thing another thing that that was was done really poorly was oh it, it, i'm sorry it almost saved it almost saved this particular part where Keanu Reeves or Neo and Trinity, they're on top of the building. She's like, I remember my dream. This is where the dream ends or whatever. And then they like leap off the building because you think like, oh, they're going to fly. You know, I, I already had this theory that like the story's going to focus more on Trinity and how she's just as important in the in this world as Neo. Right. I already had this kind of theory. Right. So they jump off the building and like I'm expecting I'm not, I was actually expecting him not to fly. I was expecting her to fly. And she does fly, right? She's the one who's able to do it, right? And I'm like, okay, this is kind of saving it. I get it. I'm totally with it. And it's killed by one single word. She sees the helicopter and she goes, bye, and flies off. <laughs> <laughs> now, the first time I saw I saw this at a press screening. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, did she really just say bye? Like, yeah. To who? To whom? <laughs> and then I I, re- I rewatched it today, 
before recording and I went back three times like, oh my gosh, you did not just say fucking bye. You just totally fucked up that entire scene. Like, why did Lana keep that in there? Like, she could have just looked at it and just been like, like, just flown away. Like, that would have been, that would have been badass right there. Bye. Fly away. <laughs> that kind of brings me, um, the whole switch up kind of brings me to how the Oracle doesn't exist anymore because mm-hmm. she was patched out. Yeah. There was no need for the Frenchman or any of his fucking goons. Oh my Not at all. god, I they, fucking they hated that. And then it was like, okay, but if you're going to use them, use them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They never came back. Yeah. Yeah, he just... Whatever. And then like, I'll get you next time. Neo! And like, like that's it. Like, it's off like that. Like, you fucking serious? You, you meddling kids. Yeah, exactly. Fucking exactly. Um... <laughs> And another thing that was like, why did you guys even do that? Is like how uh, Jonathan Groff is essentially Smith. He's a he's a he's a different version of Smith, right? Mm-hmm. And when he when he encounters Neo, when they the, there's that fighting and stuff like that that happens, like in the that's kind of like the subway scene, the mm-hmm. subway platform scene. When they're like fighting, he's pretty much like, I can't let you get to Trinity. Like you have to die. Right? Yeah. Like, because I don't want to go back to this. This is like he's like trying to kill him, right? And then in the in the in the coffee shop in the third act, he helps him. Yeah. Why? I know. Like, why did he switch up? Like why? Yeah, and then he's like, This is where our um something about whatever they were working on, this is uh. where our alliance ends or some shit. And then he's like against him again. And it's like, what the fuck? I know, right? Like, I, I get why he was going after Neil Patrick Harris' character, who, the analyst, which that's a weak-ass version of the architect. Um, I get why he was trying to, he was trying to like, I want, I, I want to, I, Smith is like, I want to kill the analyst, right? Made sense. He, show, he shoots him and then, yeah, then he's like, all right, our alliance is over. You guys had an alliance? Like, when? When? <laughs> when did this happen? That's the kind of the same thing. I'm thinking about plot holes now in that little Indian girl on the subway. She ends up being... Oh, that Middle Eastern girl? Yeah. Um, yeah, let me find the actress. Yeah, she plays... Uh, the, actress, the actress plays Santi from uh, Revolutions, which... Not surprised by that at all. I was just like, well, that's Santi. Straight yeah. up. And I'm I'm happy she showed up, but then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, my parents left the blueprints with me, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And she concocted this whole plan, and I'm like, this is all very, like... Uh, it's uh, Priyanka Trapa uh, Jonas. It's all, like, taped and, like, paper clipped together and shit. Mm-hmm. It made no sense yeah. at all. Why do you have to transfer trinity's consciousness into bugs mm-hmm. for what it didn't make any sense yeah because like she just got plugged back into the matrix again and like it's not like uh, it's not like no patrick harris's character didn't know that like what they were trying to do like he figured it out and he tried to go after him so it's like wait why did you do any of that exactly um what uh okay 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 so this movie like i i <sighs> So at the beginning of this movie, I, I do like the self-awareness, like how they make a joke, how like WB is going to make a sequel with or without us. So we might as well be there to kind of like make sure they oh, do yeah. it correctly and stuff I like, like that. that too. And there, there's honestly like a commentary on like nostalgia, how like we use nostalgia to feel better about ourselves. It's like a warm blanket for us and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, OK, I like the direction they're going. Um, 
where in like the the previous trilogy focused more on like the aspects of like philosophy mm-hmm. this one seemed to focus more on the aspects of like psychology mm-hmm. and like what's needed to like feel better and all this kind of stuff and going back to the old ways blah blah blah, blah all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. i was liking it i was enjoying it 20 minutes in the movie threw it out the fucking window they threw it out the window and they also kind of beat us over the head within within those 20 minutes too yeah and then they, because tr- they started repeating themselves over and over again i'm like okay stop it yeah and 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 then, and then they do, um, the movie takes like this huge exposition dump with Neil, ha- Neil Patrick Harris, where he's like talking to Neil about like, oh, this is my plan. This is what I'm doing. This, that's the part I was like, I don't fucking like this guy. I don't like his acting because he was too cartoony comic book villain. Like, hee hee hee, this is my plan. The numbers are up. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. how I took that scene. And I was like, yo, fuck this movie. Like, fuck this shit. Gotcha. But I know you liked his performance, so. It was serviceable. It was serviceable. I, I like uh, him, but I, I do think other people could have done it better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. Dude, I've seen that dude do stuff that's not, uh, what's it called? How I Met Your Mother and shit like that. And that dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he was good in um, Starship Troopers. Oh, you love him in that role. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so the the whole okay, so the 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 Smith and Morpheus like plot mm-hmm. or the mention, right? The fact that like Neo created this program, which okay, that's another part. I, that's one part I did like the fact that like the programs were rebellion, or they're rebelling against the machine. Mm-hmm. They they were getting these programs were seeking an alliance with the humans. So I was like, all right. You got my attention. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. A civil war within the machine, the, within the machine world. All right. Once again, throw it out the fucking window. <laughs> I think it would have been really cool because the first split second, I was like, "This is this is kind of meta." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the machines are now doing the same thing to these programs that mm-hmm. are now sentient. Yeah. That the humans did to them, mm-hmm. and they want to form an alliance with the people. Yeah. And then, like, what? <laughs> exactly. Like, what? what? Like, what next? <laughs> None of that. So, I, I I liked how they introduced this idea of, like, this this character, the um, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II play, where he's, a, he's an amalgamation or a combination of Morpheus and Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, okay. I'm, like, you're seeing, like, a connection between the two and then the disconnection between the two. All right, I'm liking that. I'm liking that. You're right. This is something that's... I'm enjoying this, right? Uh-huh. Voice. I didn't enjoy it at all. Honestly, it didn't uh-huh. matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Yaya Abdul-Mateen's character was too up. Mm-hmm. Like, he acted him too, like, too up. Like, yeah, like, like maybe he was, like, at a nine. He should have dropped to, like, a... Maybe like a six or something. Something. Yeah. Because even if you're just going to talk about Morpheus or Agent Smith, mm. both of these guys had like burning rage inside. Mm-hmm. They weren't like very animated guys. Yeah. Either one of them. Mm-hmm. They were both at like an 11 mm. in their own ways when they needed to be. Yeah. And it was usually when they were going to fight somebody. Yeah. Okay. But. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen's character was like, like 
a morning person when you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly. That's why that I didn't exactly like him. It. That's exactly it. Um, okay, so let's let's finish it off with with the ending of the movie. Oh wait, I was also confused real hmm. quick since we're talking about Agent Smith. Okay. It was so also very confusing why you have Agent Smith mm. and Morpheus combined, mm. and then there was also another Smith. I know that's what I was saying. Like they had the they had that combination, and they had another Smith, and it's just like that combination was just like thrown away. Yeah. Like, like you guys could have they could have done something well with that. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a conflict between this another conflict between Morpheus and Smith, but like it's a morpheus and smith conflict you know which smith was it was it the smith before the end of matrix or was it the smith after matrix where he's like you know a new man freed and all that kind of stuff like oh whatever crap (laughs) um so the ending right so trinity you know there's no longer the one now there's two the ones Uh (laughs) right and how trinity and 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 neo are like we're gonna show everybody like what it is to be if have a free mind and blah 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 all that kind of stuff right yeah and then they they fly away together and it's kind of like <laughs> they they do almost this like flying disneyland tour like wee and like hold hands and fly away right <laughs> which i was like what <laughs> so essentially what that does if they're gonna free everybody's mind that's going to create essentially a total meltdown of the Matrix. And the Matrix is going to do whatever it can to survive. Which means the Matrix is going to start another war. Like, the machines are going to start another war. Yeah. With the humans. They, they essentially just started another fucking war. Because the whole thing was, you don't need to free everybody. You just need to free everyone who wanted the choice to be mm-hmm. freed. Yeah, and that was supposed to be... That was like the end of revolutions. Like... You know, when, when when the Oracle and the architect are talking, she's like, what about the people who want to be free? He goes, like, they'll be free. Like, when they want to be like, oh, they'll be free. It's okay. This is just like, like, no, we're just going to free everybody's mind. We're going to show everybody the truth. Yeah. And obviously, like, Neil Patrick Harris' character did has, he did have something to say. He was like, some people, they want to be stuck here. They want to be subdued. Which, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that's it, like a whole Vanilla Sky thing. It feels like if it, it almost makes it feel like Trinity and Neo are the bad guys now. Yeah. Because <laughs> now they're like forcing freedom. You guys are gonna be free. You're gonna fucking love it. My so my I think my final comment on those two, mm-hmm. just on Neo and Trinity, mm-hmm. they're the boomers. They have no place in this movie. They're the boomers of this fucking movie. Like they have an old mentality. You know, you have this habit of like blowing my fucking mind on certain episodes. I'm like, holy shit, she's fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) Trinity and Neo have become the boomers of this franchise. They have. Holy shit. Oh my god. Yep. (sighs) Also, they did a really bad job of portraying the younger people too because they totally look like Mm -hmm. not even millennials, but like. Like Gen Zers and yeah, shit like that. That nobody fucking understands. With their TikToks and everything like yeah. that. It sucks. Like and it, and another thing that sucks is like Lon um Lana Wachowski has said that like the reason why she made this movie is because she feels so connected to like those those characters to Trinity and Neo. Mm-hmm. And this was like a form of kind of of co- of of a coping mechanism because she had like lost both of her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh they they died like five years uh five not five years, five weeks apart. Um and so she wanted to make a story that was more personal, more like 
about like love and everything like that. But with this one, it just it just came out to be like a sloppy ass fucking mess of like you just like negated like your your trilogy. Like you just fucked like you made their their mission pointless now. Yeah. <sighs> totally with Kelsey, this movie did not need to be made. <laughs> we did not need this. I think I just have my title too. Oh, okay. Don't <laughs> what's your title? I mean, they're gonna see it. What's your title? <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. So what what do we got? Uh, what do we got next? Hold on. Let me type it up here so we don't forget. <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> I'll forget. <laughs> um. Next, we are going to do our variety time. All right. So you. Have been looking for work recently, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had, um, I had actually, I had finished, I had finished school and had um, a little speed bump with it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I, I finished school. I'm, I'm gonna be graduating with the fall, uh, the fall class, and um, obviously, you know, anybody who's gone to college, uh, you know, once you're done with school, you know, you try to find like yourself like a full time job. Um, so I was applying to all these places and stuff like that. At one point I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and apply for a writing spot at, um, at Slash Film. Mm-hmm. I've been a huge fan of Slash Film for, oh, my daughter, 11, 15 years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I think ever since like they came to existence, I was like a huge fan of Slash Film. Um, and you still follow like the the slash film cast or whatever oh yeah yeah you know before the switch over yeah yeah exactly like they uh, slash film like they they have a podcast now called like the daily uh the i think it's called like the daily film cast um that comes out you know monday through friday and then they have they used to have one that was called the slash film cast which was hosted by uh david chan uh defender hardware at one at one point adam quigley but now it's jeff canada um and they later changed their their title just to uh, the film cast, mm-hmm. which I was like, "That's odd. Why did they change it to the film cast? Like, what's going on?" And I don't listen to every episode, um, so you know something I must have missed during the process of it and everything like that, right? So I had my editor in chief had informed me uh, that slash film, which was originally owned by Peter Serena. Um, now, mind you, I also follow uh, Jacob Hall, um, uh, Chris Evangelinas, uh, and a bunch of other writers for the site. Uh, but yeah, what's his name? I just said his name. Uh, Peter Serena was the owner of that site, and my editor in chief had informed me that they got sold by mm. they got sold to uh, this website called or this uh, I guess this hub of websites or something i don't know what you call them but they call static media uh-huh. which i was like what the fuck and i can understand why that would have happened especially recently because when the pandemic hit a lot of sites like had to lay off a lot of their people i know like a lot of people at Hollywood reporter got lost their jobs vanity fair variety uh birth death movies eventually went under all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even even at Screen Geek, 
uh, a lot of writers that we have, they they eventually like bounce because they were just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, so so back to where I was getting at is I had finished school and I was like, I want to find full time employment somewhere. I want to write, you know, for a living and everything like that. Um, and I said, fuck it. I, I hit up, I think I hit up Jacob Hall and I said, Hey, I heard you guys are looking for news writers. He's like, yeah, like, uh, you know, send me, send me some of your work and we'll take it from there. So I sent him some links to some articles I read for slash film. And apparently I got to the process where I got to a tryout station, a, a tryout, uh, trial. And like leading up to that, how were you feeling? See, that's like Lead, how how did you start off feeling like leading up to that okay when i emailed jacob hall and didn't hear from him i thought okay they're not interested whatever that's fine but when that when i found out they were interested i was stoked about this i was like oh shit am i right for slash film like mm-hmm. i i love that website you know i don't know what direction they're going with the static media but like i'm, I'm I, I i will join them I, I i like this idea i even um even that night when we went to that premiere party for Encounter, mm-hmm. when I when I had was talking to Chris Gore, I was like, "Oh, I'm writing for Slash Film." He's like, "Oh, that's great, man! That's you know, congratulations and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right?" Totally stoked for that. Totally stoked for that. And then what happened? <laughs> well, you you um, they told you you could try it out. Yeah the um, the process is they give you a trial run and this is just a standard procedure even at screen geek we do the same thing we pretty much that everybody has like a different method like with screen geek uh the editor-in-chief will send you like a few article ideas or a few like yeah a few article ideas and be like all right let's see what you got and then like you know we'll like edit and check it out and everything like that. or we'll look at it and see your, if we like your style um same thing for slash film however they they give you like a trial shift they give you four hours, they give you one article, give you four hours and say, write an article in four hours. And it's nothing big. It's not like 3,000 words. It's like a standard uh, 300 to like 450 words. It's we're, give you a headline and you just go from there, right? And they even gave me links. They'd be like, well, here's some resource you can use. Mm-hmm. Like take quotes from it. Just make sure you do the proper format. Do the pictures, all this kind of stuff. Right? I, read, I was reading all their information of how to which was honestly a lot mm-hmm. a lot and to even help sweeten the deal they said uh for those four hours we'll, we will pay you 20 bucks an hour if it doesn't work don't worry you still get your money you know just have a nice day and if we do like you we bring you on you get paid 20 bucks an hour and you work the hours you want to work right looking forward to this right right like, because we had this whole thing right where mm-hmm. It would allow you the flexibility yes, to do more like things that you've been having on the back burner because you've had school mm-hmm. and you were kind of struggling with the idea of working a full-time job that was nine to five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm, th- and I'm thinking I, I, I'll work from home or wherever I can take my laptop. I'll spend more time with my kid, everything like that, right? Totally seemed up for it. And then came the day, and I was like, prep. I was like, it wasn't even that day. You kind of started to feel it a day or two before, where you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, a few days prior to it, I started having a bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not regret. Reservations. I was having some serious reservations, because some of the articles they've been posting is like, what the fuck are you guys doing now? 
like they literally posted an article a couple months ago it was like this this michael keaton movie called jack frost why we not the article was like why we never got a sequel to jack frost this movie came out maybe 20 years ago it was like a fucking flop like why are you doing an article on that right and all this other stuff and um there was this tweet from ariel fisher who pointed out and she she writes there as well she's like the i think she works like the night shift for him um she even pointed out like why are we doing shit like this right yeah you know um and it dawned on me it was like holy shit it's just this bullshit algorithm Mm-hmm. Like they follow this fucking algorithm that like all these other bullshit websites follow as well. And that's the thing that like I was given so many reservations about it. And then when like they gave me the stuff where they were like, okay, choose this for. And don't get me wrong. They were, um, I can't remember the cat's name. I think his name was Adam. The dude was really nice, really nice uh, uh, person. Um. Uh, they had said, okay, here's four headlines, uh, choose one, and then we'll take it from there. And I, the four headlines was, one of them was, why did Morgan Scorsese almost walk away from Hollywood? Uh, Steven Spielberg almost directed a Doctor Who movie. Oh, and what else? What else? What else? What else? I can't remember. What was the third one? I can't remember the other two, but like, I looked at those four headlines, and right there, I felt like, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. I just don't want to do that. And the thing is, like, it's not like they were hard. I know Scorsese's work. Mm-hmm. I know Doctor Who, like, almost like the back of my fucking hand. Yeah. Right? It was... But I looked at it, and and I looked at it not only from a writer, but as a reader, and go, why would I even read that? Like, yeah. Or if I did read it, five minutes later, I've already forgotten it. Well, and I think for you, too, it didn't just wasn't just the reader part or mm. the writer part but there's a creator aspect too yeah like yeah there's like this creative aspect that like it seemed like the site is lacking now you know um there are there are now don't get me wrong they do have the they used to be really known for having their very creative articles very insightful articles but now it seems like it's been dwindled down and you have to be like a veteran to get that. And it means you have to be there for like years to get that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, where now I'm not like necessarily giving Screen Geek a plug, but like at least with my editor in chief, you know, he has you do like news articles, reviews and stuff like that. I have no problem doing that. I have no problem doing news articles. I have no problem doing reviews. But if you come to him with an idea and say like, oh, I have this idea, he'll be like, okay, let's try it out. Like there's, there is a bit more creativity. The pay doesn't match with it, but there still is a lot of freedom in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like Slash Film is like lacking now. Just freedom because they're with this static media corporation. Even Peter Serena, who was like the editor-in-chief, he's now just listed as news writer. Yeah. Which I'm like, like whoa, like what? Like, are you serious? <laughs> and here's the thing. I, I, I guess it is. It's lacking the personality that like made me fall in love with that website. Mm-hmm. Like... Granted, sometimes we do, within like the show notes and stuff like that, we do use articles from Slash Film. Like we'll, we'll hyperlink it and stuff like that. But that's because it's, it's just the quickest way for us. Right. You know, I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm totally like away from Slash Film. But my 
love for them has dwindled so much that I'm just like, I don't even want to write for you anymore. Like It's disappointing. It's it is. A, it's like a hole in your heart because you loved them for so long. It is. It, it really is. And like... And now you guys have been in a relationship for so long. <laughs> and you guys grew apart. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. <laughs> um, but even like even the, the creative aspect of it, like I, I remember... Because like, Kelsey was there. Because I had Kelsey. Uh, she was working from home. And I was with her because I, you know... You know, for whatever I write, I do... Not not as much as I would like to anymore because now some of my stuff is so like uh, tightly timed and everything. But Kelsey used to like read all of my stuff and edit it. Like sh- she's one of the reasons why like I've become a much better writer. So I had her with me, or we're at least in the same room, um, in case like if I'm writing something and I have her read it and she she can give her honest opinion and like change this, do this, this sounds stupid. Why are you repeating this kind of stuff? Which I'm always I always value her opinion. And for like 10 to 15 minutes, I went on this rant of like, I can't fucking do this with this fucking website. (laughs) Honestly, it wasn't just like a rant. It Mm -hmm. was like an inner struggle. Because you like, I went to therapy a few years ago Mm -hmm. because I was working for UPS and it's honestly the worst job I ever had. They they actually had me to the point where I ended up on temporary disability because mm. they were so awful that I just could not mentally take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And in therapy, because you have to go to therapy if you're on that type of disability, um, they kind of taught you that the reason why you are in so much pain a lot of the time is because mm. you're struggling with something mm-hmm. that you know is right. Yeah. But every you know for whatever reason you're trying to tell yourself that you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly what was going on with exactly. me. Exactly. So I was like, "It's okay. You don't have to do it." And you're <laughs> like, "But I don't. I don't understand. Like, like I should want to do this, right? Yeah. Like, because of the pay and it's writing." And he's like, "And you're just like, I just don't want to write anymore." <laughs> and that's I, I think a, I just don't want to write. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like, that's like my passion. Like, I, I, like I, you know. That's why I went to school to like to become a writer, like that. I mean, to to make a living writing, you know, to to do what but I love. Script writing, a, script writing, you know, to do what I love. And the fact that like I looked slash from, I was like, I don't want to write anymore. That's like, holy shit! What? <laughs> what just happened to you? <laughs> um, and not only that, another part of it is like I felt like I would give so much of my creativity and just like compact it to like write these bullshit news articles to this site and, and it that, would be siphoning off yeah it'd be siphoning off of like what i want to do and that's why i was just like all right i'm going about this thing completely the wrong way like like don't get me wrong i love writing about film i love discussing about film that's why like kelsey and i do this podcast and everything but i've gotten to a point now where i'm like all right i'm tired of writing about it now i just want to create it yeah and it's like and i felt like you want other people writing about your shit yeah yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and i felt like doing slash film would not have been the route for me to 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 go Mm um it's almost like it's almost like writing for slash film would be you switching from one cubicle job to another yes yes you know and uh, and that and, and and that's the thing like I don't like. I don't know how. That's what I'm thinking. Like a lot of some of these sites, they have kind of just fallen to the wayside of just kind of like algorithm. Let's what and I, and that sucks now because that's 
that is what our that is what like these news sites are now. Not even just film sites, but just like news news sites like uh, CNN and whatever. Mm-hmm. What gets the most click? What's the most controversial thing to say? What's the most controversial opinion? You know, all that kind of stuff. Because it gets the clicks, it gets the views, it gets the money and everything like that. But like from Static Media, who owns multiple websites, mm-hmm. like what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why like one of the things that I, I hate that happened was that uh, birth movies death went under. And they were like the punk rock of like film, film mm-hmm. news. And I was just like, oh my God, I love the right. I would love to write for them. But like they've gone under, like I said. And next up was like, all right, let me do Slash Film. But Slash Film isn't even about that now. Yeah. If anything, maybe like film threat, but film film threat they don't really do enough articles. Enough I think source. Joe Blow also kind of has changed. Even Joe Blow is still going their route, but like and maybe even like bloody disgusting yeah. still has like what they want to do. But like Screen Crush has fallen to the west wayside. Uh, Screen Rant, Cinema Blend, uh, obviously Comic Book Resource, ComicBookMovies dot com, and everything like that. They've kind of been like algorithm, 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 and stuff like. Like you're just becoming part of like just system like a machine. Yeah, you're just becoming like uh like this pile of just like similar stories and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Now, granted, there are times you have to take that route when like something big comes out, like so let's say Spider Man, right? You're gonna yeah. see, you're gonna see multiple Spider Man articles because that's what everybody's talking about. But eventually, you have to start doing something different. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you just start sounding like fucking anybody else, you know? Yeah, and then you lose your name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See. <laughs> Because everyone's like, wait, what was that? I don't remember. Where did I well, read this article? Was it Screen Rant or Screen Geek? Yeah, exactly. And that's and you know, like I said, sometimes Screen Screen Geek does kind of fall in that as well. Some as not, um, it does fall in that as well sometimes because get the clicks and everything like that. But at least when you're there, if you have an idea, mm-hmm. you can at least come to the editor in chief, uh, Frank, and he'll be like, all right, you have to like kind of sell it for me. And then if you can, all right, cool. Like I, there's been a ton of interviews from movies that either got, never got released or people rarely heard of, but I've got to talk to these directors. Cause I'm like, this is a very interesting story. I really want to talk to this person. And at least the Frank will be like, all right, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. If you want to do it, go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Like it's okay. You know, I'll, I'll pay you like a good fee for it, not too crazy or anything like that. Because if you keep doing that, you build up that momentum. That's why I was able to like interview twice the cast of like the boys. I've been or the creator behind Thanos. Oh yeah, Jim Starlin. Yeah, I got to like interview Jim Starlin, which was like a good piece I did on him. Or even just like when I interview like you know he actually interviewed Keanu Reeves. I got to interview <laughs> Keanu Reeves, right? Like it's it's there if you, you can push it. You know, I've been on press con- uh, press conferences with like uh, the Kingsman, Jungle Cruise, um, the Eternals, and stuff like that. Like I've been involved in that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because there is at least level of of freedom and creativity, and especially what's more important to me, which I like the most. Is your voice. Mm-hmm. Your voice is in your writing. But if you just do a fucking news article on why does Spielberg almost direct Doctor Who? How, what the f- What? What? Where's the voice in that? <laughs> Our geriatric cinematic of the one that started everything, The Matrix. Whoa. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? 
What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What is happening to me? The answer is out there, Neo. It's the question that drives us. What is the Matrix? The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Welcome to the real world. The synopsis is... When a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker Neo to a forbidding underworld, he discovers the shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception of an evil cyber intelligence. Directed and written by Lana and Lily Wachowski, it stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving. You want to make sure it wasn't... Because you, you called Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann Moss like two different names. I called her Carrie Ann Mass by yeah. accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, so The Matrix. Uh, 1999's The Matrix. Um, I, I, was, I was part of those, uh, I was part of the crowd. I was swept up in Matrix fever. Um, before watching The Matrix, before The Matrix even came out, I was already like heavily into like philosophy and shit like that. But seeing this like in this sense, I'm like, whoa, well, and all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um not to say that the matrix necessarily opened my mind, but I saw the similarities with this and like uh necromancer or um like cyberpunk literature, ghost in the shell, Akira, stuff like that, kung fu films and stuff like that. So you're just like, all right, I see the influence, but still the matrix, huge, 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 huge. Um I had a friend who was so obsessed with the matrix, so fucking obsessed. Um Back in the days of MySpace, he had a he did something with his shirt and sunglasses and his hair where he looked like it was he looked like Keanu Reeves taking a, a he looked like Neo taking a selfie, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like his his MySpace uh, profile uh, uh, main pic, which I'm obviously dating myself. Um, so, uh, I mean, MySpace really wasn't that long ago if you think about it. So. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, today's generation or like people who are like what 10, 15 years younger than us are like more space. What's that? You, you know? mean people who are not adults yet? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny when you're like, oh, I'm dating myself, and I'm like, well, I'm almost like for who? Fifteen year old? I'm almost forty. <laughs> but you're not yet. I guess because I, I guess because my mother, my mom was still like, you know, these kids, blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm. I'm I have like a kid myself. What are you talking about? You know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, I I still love the Matrix. Uh, I, I still love this this one 1999's Matrix. Uh, but the most important thing is what did Kelsey think about it? I did like this one mm-hmm. a lot. A lot. A lot. What did you like about it? I like the whole idea of you can choose to stay. You know, like red, living this life, yeah. Red, red pill, blue pill. Yeah. Okay. Like I like that whole idea. Okay, so then, I'll, so then I'll ask you, 
would you have chosen which pill would you have chosen the blue or the red pill the red pill takes you out of the matrix blue pill keeps you in you probably want to take the red one okay for me i think it'd be i thought you can say oh the blue one logistically speaking the blue one <laughs> it's still kind of a hard question right mm. because i know at the end of the day mm. i don't like feeling stuck Mm. so it would be the red one but there is also a part of me that's like even if you take the blue one Mm -hmm. in a way you're Mm. still stuck yeah you're still stuck but now it's but now it's like a lot of troubles now like yeah i mean if you took the red one you're still stuck you know yeah you know what i mean i i I feel taking the red one gives you more of a purpose because you're you feel a part of this group of like people who have to free these people who are like who have their mind in prison and stuff like that. What? I have a good analogy for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Imagine me living with my dad. Okay. As a kid. Yeah. Is the blue pill. And living with my mom is the red. No, pill. your mom is not the. No, I think both of them are blue pills. One is this worse than the other. One, one is the, you know what? It's a purple pill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. either you you live your day, your day to day life, mm-hmm. stuck, not doing anything uh-huh. of value, or you leave all that behind, and mm-hmm. now you're fighting for your life. And I can see that. I can like, see that. wouldn't you just rather be more comfortable? No, because like if you get the red pill, you get you get like those you get the cool leather outfit and the sunglasses oh my God. and stuff like that, <laughs> and you get to like shoot and like drive away all fast and be like kung fu and shit like mm-hmm. that, and get the shit beat out of you sometimes too, yes. and almost die. Well, you I know, get... maybe lose the love of your life a couple times. Red pill, red pill. Mm-hmm. I I I would have chosen the red pill. I would definitely. I, I know I would have too. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know. You would have been no. You know what? You would have chosen the red pill and then. Turn the cipher and try to get back in. You're like, all right, I'm tired of this shit. Let's go back. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, so let's go down the list. Performance wise, actors, actresses, anything that stuck out for you? The same thing for Keanu and Mm -hmm. Carrie Ann for me. Like the chemistry between the two, or just like the the acting from both of them? Both. Okay. Um, I felt like their chemistry was good, especially towards the end of the film. Mm I kind of got a sense that she was just annoyed with him a lot of the movie. Yeah, kind of like, ugh, you idiot. Like, I'm in love with you. You should be the one, you stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I got a level of stress from him. I'll give him that. But mm-hmm. he's still pretty stoic. It's kind of like. Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah, but I, I it's think. Like, it's like someone who's perpetually stoned. And is Neo. But I, I think with this one, it's definitely, it definitely calls for it. Because he's very, like, a very fish out of water. Like, holy shit, what is any of this? So he should act stoned? Yeah. No, stoned it, people don't blow, normally. Blows his mind every minute. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but he doesn't make the face of whoa. He makes the face of cool. <laughs> cool. Well cool <laughs> that's all he has in, in the, that's all he does in the movie um i was actually i was actually re-watching this movie uh after i finished matrix resurrection because i had to get that stink out of my mouth um and like like when i was watching this like there's like all these like scenes that are like bad like like the dojo scene right and i'm just like oh that dojo scene is like so fucking cool right mm-hmm. um i even got to the point where i had to stop watching it and i had to like leave and head over here 
But a part of me was like, maybe I can still kind of watch it while driving, <laughs> even though I've seen this movie like a thousand <laughs> times. Because I just got to the part where like Morpheus gets captured and they're going to do like the big, the big, big epic like shootout and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even right now, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, Dad, I kind of want to watch The Matrix <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, what's your opinion on, on Lawrence Fishburne? I like him. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is so great. You still never watched that one movie I recommended like four years ago. That's the one. It's like it's like a Frozen, right? Like a kind of post-apocalyptic kind of thing. No. I, I remember you told me about something. I think I saw like the cover of it and I was like, oh, it's like Frozen Wasteland kind of shit. No. Okay. Basically, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you like about Lord Fishburne? <laughs> I have an image in my head and that's that's it. Okay. Um, I like him because you could tell like he's just in it. Like he's mm-hmm. just trying yeah. to like get this guy on his side and like yeah. he's also has the like he could so easily become pretentious. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. So like, you know, at least not until the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and, and the second, in the second one, he has more of a like, hmm, I found the one, <laughs> I, I, I know all the answers, kind of like stick. Oh no, yeah. oh, I take that back. Not like I know the all the answers, but he does this kind of thing, like, you know, I'm you, not gonna be wrong. I know you know what you need to know. Don't worry about it. Like that, yeah, yeah, like attitude. Um, but I like him because he has the right level of intensity for mm-hmm. this character, and he like, he's always badass. Yeah, and like actually, like if I were to choose between him, between him and LL Cool J for like not LL, Jesus Christ, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely not the same people, the same person at all. If I was gonna choose between Fishburne or Jackson, mm-hmm. I would always choose Fishburne. Like in terms of like like narration of acting, of, acting. Okay, I, I just feel like he can bring the cool mm-hmm. and not be cheesy or you know up his own ass about it yeah yeah. the way samuel jackson is yeah plus i felt like in this one um this one you can definitely see and feel like um the dedication with like the storytelling like you can tell like the wachowski siblings um worked so hard to like try to perfect this script as best as they could Mm -hmm. um I mean, because, like, in, in Reload and Revolutions, it's kind of just, like, a philosophy, like, just dump, just, like, bleh, all this, like, philosophy thrown at you. This one, it kind of, like, playfully places it here and there and stuff like that. Um, and it gives it, like, a purpose of, like, well, what is real? What is reality? What is the Matrix? You know, are you in the Matrix or in simulation? All that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And inter in, interwovens it to, like, like, the story, to keep it, like, keep it interesting. Other than, like, the action, you're you're, like... Oh, I totally get this. I, this is very interesting, you know, type of like uh, storytelling and stuff like that, and with the questions that they're 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 bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing uh, every time uh, if if the Matrix ever pops up in a conversation between me and Meg, um, she always says this line that her stepfather used to say um, because her cut her. This is kind of a little story. Her cousin used to be with this person who was like obsessed with the Matrix, right? And I've encountered people who were absolutely obsessed with this matrix to the point it was like pretentious as fuck. They thought they 
had a higher level, higher level of intelligence just because they watched this fucking movie, mm-hmm. right? They thought they were just smarter than everybody. And this this dude, he had told uh, Megan's stepfather, like, oh, I like a thinking man's movie. No, I like a thinking man's reading as referring to the Matrix. And her stepdad's like, what do you mean, like the fucking Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, this movie... It has a lot of Jesus allegory and stuff. The one. The fact that the guy's name is Neo and it's the the one. He's the Messiah. He's going to save humanity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very holiness and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, so wh- what's, what's your opinion on just... Well, what's your, what's your take on the philosophy of this movie? On what part? Like, well, the whole thing of like existentialism and stuff like that, and the question of reality, you know, and simulation stuff like that. Like, do you think, like, do you think, as somebody who wasn't fully inundated with like this matrix like philosophy and stuff like that, do you think it's like it's bad? It's it's really like put in well in this movie. It's not just like thrown at you like it all. I think all I think it is um, well done in this film. Mm-hmm. It's not pretentious. They're not. Mm-hmm even throwing the jesus allegory at you it just so happens to be like Mm -hmm. there are many different ways to tell a story and Mm. they all kind of boil down to the same basic things right so i don't think they were intending it to be a jesus story Mm -hmm. so it didn't come off that way to me not until like the second one oh and to reload it yeah Yeah. oh yeah there it's like like this is all it and all exactly yeah um, but I think they mm-hmm. did really well with that and also um, bringing up a lot of good questions like like you said about existentialism like mm-hmm. you can live in different realities like choose whichever reality you're going to live in because yeah, yeah. you can live in reality or mm-hmm. you can live in whatever you make up. Okay, so um, it, it, this was always this was always hinted. Or it was like I don't want to say it was rumor, but it was talks when the movie first came out, and now it's it's apparent because this, the Wachowskis have come out and said it that this movie is a uh, is kind of a tra- it, I don't say not kind of it's a trans story. It's about being who you truly are, you know. Um, even like the character Switch, mm-hmm. um, the character Switch is very androgynous. How do you say androgynous? Androgynous. Androgynous. And that was supposed to be like. You know, that was them kind of like, you know, uh, compromising with the studio because they really wanted the story to be like a trans story and stuff like that. So do you kind of see that within within the Matrix? Like, not, not really. Okay. I see a lot of like, like futuristic fashion of the year, like of that time of the late 90s mm-hmm. where it kind of gets a lot of punk into it and like... Prima cyberpunk stuff. Yeah, and like yeah. like women dressing as men and stuff, but I don't mm. really see like the other part of it where like men could dress as women or you mm. know like more feminine side of things. I don't mm. I don't really fully see it as trans. I just saw it of its time. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, so step away from that. What's your what's your take on the action? Because that's one of the biggest selling points. This movie is the action. I thought it was great. Yeah, I think there were some parts where it's like I could tell like. If they were using, like, somehow they were using, like, wires or however they were doing oh, their wire stunts. Oh, stuff like that? Yeah. yeah, like, you can tell when they're not really pushing off a wall. Mm-hmm. 
where they're just being manipulated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's that part where, like, Neo and, and Smith are in the subway platform, and they're, like, running and shooting at each other, and they, like, jump off the wall. It doesn't really make, it doesn't really look like they even leap off the wall. Like, they just slide off the wall. Like, mm-hmm. whoosh, like yeah. That. Yeah. And what actually kind of helps me think about that a little bit more is, mm. I'm not going to give anything away, obviously, mm-hmm. but we recently saw Spider-Man talked about it in the last... The last episode. Mm-hmm. And every time Spider-Man had, like, is hanging on the wall with just his fingers, you know, because he's able to do that. Mm. It. I almost thought that they had the camera upside down because you could tell his fingers are really in the ceiling. Oh, you yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. so to me, I felt like that was cool because it wasn't like he was just being held there by, like, yeah, by wires, wires or something. So. No, yeah, I get you. I get you. I get you. Um, yes, like, uh, even... Even though some of the some of the effects are still are like somewhat dated, um, they still look fucking great. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this came out in 1909, this like revolutionized like film the whole filmmaking process. Yeah, you know they essentially created what's like more known as like bullet time. I mean, the the idea of bullet time was in existence, but like the way how they did it is. Do you know how they actually did the whole bullet time effect? All I know is there was a lot of green screen. Well, okay, because they, because um, I mean, this is this is this is for mainly for Kelsey, but for folks who don't know, the way how they were able to conv- to do the whole bullet time effect is that they didn't have the, the proper technology, right? They didn't have the rig or anything like that. Just um, so what they did is they had a bunch of digital cameras, like DSLR cameras, circling them, mm-hmm. like that, and then every time they move, the pictures would like like every single movement. And they were able to incorporate that into the film. And that's why they're able to get like that 360, 360 camera angle of them like slowly moving down and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. what you're essentially doing is they've they almost essentially gone back to the basics of making film, which is like a series of pictures moved in rapid succession. They did that, but they sped it up and they gave it like those special effects to it. Mm. Um, like the behind the scenes stuff is really fucking fascinating. Even like the behind the scenes stuff when it comes to the fight choreography. Mm-hmm. Because of all the training that they had to do, like the like for example the dojo scene where Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne are fighting, they're like really fucking hitting each other. Yeah. To the point where like they had bruises all over their arms. They had to sit in like bathtubs full with ice mm-hmm. to like do all that shit. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Okay. So with that, I, I'm gonna ask. We're cause we're. We, we want to jump to this pretty quick because we have Kelsey and have have an interesting discussion to uh, to go into. So with that, I'll jump into iconic or or ironic. Okay. Bullet time. Do you think it's still iconic or do you think it's ironic now? Iconic. You think it's iconic? Mm-hmm. I think it's still iconic with a little bit of irony. Why? Because it got used so much to the point where it's almost like laughable if you see it. Yeah, I think without thinking about other people's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just like stick to with just that. Yeah, just like it's that. iconic in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have the bullshit without it. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Like they, you probably, I mean, I mean, who knows if like they would have actually created bullet time. If somebody else might have created bullet time if the Wachowskis did not, you know, get that going. It makes me think of um, that movie Wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, that's another example of bullet of just slow motion and and all that shit. That mm-hmm. that came out like well after the Matrix. Yeah, it was different though. Mm. But you know, the whole bullet rounding the corner thing was 
then overused after that too. yeah i did I, that's like the one thing i did like from that movie was the bullet curve i was like that's pretty cool yeah i like that okay so quickly i'm gonna go down the list right of potential casting okay and this is some stuff that i was just like wait what okay so obviously one of the most famous miscast the, the one of the most famous famous miscasting or casting didn't happen was will smith mm-hmm. um so he turned down the role uh one of the reasons that he turned it down, he's, he's done an interview where the Wachowskis explained to him the movie and he just didn't understand what the fuck they were saying. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't get what you guys are trying to do, like, period. Mm-hmm. So he later admitted that um, he felt that he wasn't a much of a mature actor to to take that role. And he felt he really messed it up, like that opportunity. Guess what movie he did in, instead? Which one? Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> That one I did see. We yeah. owned that one. Yeah, and that is a noticeably bad movie. <laughs> uh, according to Matrix composer Don Davis, he did. He said that Johnny Depp was Lana and Lily's first choice to play Neo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warner Brothers wanted Brad Pitt or Val Kilmer. Ew. Yeah, I know. Uh, Maybe Brad Pitt. Mm. He would have been okay. Uh, in the early '90s, when they were trying to get this movie made, uh, the first choice was Brandon Lee. Oh, okay. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Totally see that. Also on the list, Hugh McGregor, David Duchovny, Leonardo DiCaprio, John Cusack, Mark Wahlberg, David Schwimmer, and Nicholas Cage turned down the role of Neo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd have liked the movie with Nicholas Cage. I don't think anybody would have either. <laughs> okay, so for Trinity, uh, Chandra Bullock, uh, Gillian Anderson, Jada Pinkett Smith auditioned for the role. Uh, Janet Jackson, Marissa Tomei, Selma Hayek, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Jennifer Lopez, Angelina Jolie, Angie Harmon, Drew Barrymore, Kate Hudson, Uma Thurman, Ming-Na Wen, Michelle Yeoh, Lucy Liu, Heather Graham, Elizabeth Hurley, uh, Mariska Hargitay, that's a weird one, Jennifer Beals, and Ashley Judd, all auditioned for this movie <laughs> to play Trinity. The one that kind of piques my interest mm-hmm. is Ming-Na Wen. Either yeah, either that, either or, that or 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 uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I would have one of those. I would have been really good with that. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. I don't think she was new. She's not a good actress. She's, yeah, I mean, she's like she could do romantic comedies because you don't need a lot of talent for that. Yeah, she's done a couple serious roles. That's not too bad. Uh, so for Morpheus, Gary Oldman, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh russell crowe turned it down because he couldn't get past page 42 mm. uh chow young fat who at the time was huge had had he was like huge in hollywood he had already uh chow young fat is a dude from uh uh boiling i think boiling point the b- bullet movie that we the with the long take and shit like that that's mm-hmm. chow young fat uh morgan freeman denzel washington anthony hopkins malcolm mcdowell robert and robert downey jr were all considered for the role of Morpheus. Mm. Um, Agent Smith, who I think this movie really put Hugo Weaving on the map. Like, he was already an established Australian actor. Mm -hmm. I've actually seen some of his Australian films, and he's really fucking good. This one, it was just like, made him like a household name. Even though I have no idea who the fuck that is. Hugo Weaving? I recognize his face, Mm -hmm. but I don't know it. I don't know who he is. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider him a household name. Ah, okay. He's not like Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington or. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't really been showing up in a lot of stuff lately. I think he's doing just doing like a lot of stage plays and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
for Agent Smith, John Renee, fucking Leon the Professional, a Christopher Maloney, Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Check this out. John Renee was approached. He turned it down and guess for what movie? Leon the Professional? Godzilla. Oh. <laughs> the American Godzilla film. I don't know that I saw that one. You're lucky. Count yourself fortunate. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to jump into this one section that I felt like this is this will be an interesting discussion between Kelsey and myself. Um, so Neo is called the one. It's literally in his name. But there has been a theory that's gone around for years. And it's actually that Smith is actually the one. Uh, there are a couple of videos explaining this. Um, I found a couple of articles that I'm going to pull from. One is from Cinema Blend. Uh, the article title is called The Matrix Fan Theory Puts Agent Smith as the One, and it kind of works. It's by Dirk Libby. Okay. So the article says, uh, The One is as true about Agent Smith as it is about Neo. The first thing we know about The One is that uh, it will be a person born inside the Matrix. In the strictest sense, Thomas Anderson isn't born in the Matrix, which is true. He's born in the, the human farms. He's born in a gelatin-filled pod, so his body can be harvested for energy and his brain plugged into the Matrix. Agent Smith, on the other hand, as part of the Matrix code, was actually created or born inside of it. This one is also able to manipulate the code of the Matrix. While Neo can do this, so can Smith. After Neo unplugs Agent Smith from the Matrix at the end of the first film, he's slowly able to change parts of himself, including making multiple copies of himself to fight Neo. Okay. Which... If you think about it, it makes sense. You know, in the later films, he's doing all these copies. He's actually, like, manipulating all this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, I'm just pulling a little bit of that from that article. Um, Kelsey, do you want me to read the other article, or do you want to just kind of share your opinion now? Um, is it different than that one? It's a different article, but it's still kind of, it has a little bit more uh, pinpoint uh, evidence of it. Maybe just read that one anyway. Okay. So this is this is another article. Uh, this one's actually titled Smith is the One. This is from uh, TheMatrix101.com, written by Paul uh, McCord. Now, mind you, these articles were written well before Matrix Resurrections came out. Okay. So the article states, uh, when first born, animals and humans undergo a process called imprinting, after which uh, the newborn unmistakably recognizes the unique features of the first person the child bonds with, usually the mother followed by the father. Now, within the context of the Matrix, consider what would happen if a program underwent an imprinting process with a human. They would recognize the code of the human above all other codes. Okay? So the prophecy states that the man, you know, this is pretty much the same thing. Um, the man, the, the person reborn in the Matrix uh, and can rewrite the context of the matrix that they see fit. Same thing. So I'm reloaded. Uh, this is before Smith fights Neo. And this is like the 100 Smith battle and everything. Smith later admits that he has become a new man, so to speak, because of Neo. The first line is, I stand because of you, Mr. Anderson. Because of you, I'm no longer an agent of the system. Because of you, I've changed. I'm unplugged. A new man, so to speak, like you, apparently free. Therefore, not only is he born within the matrix before this, he's reborn. In the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a whole like Messiah kind of thing. Now, Neo does... He is reborn, but he was never born in the Matrix to begin with. In Revolutions, 
Just before Smith assimilates the Oracle, she, uh, she says to him, you are a bastard, to which Smith says, you would know mom. Um, so according to the rules of the system, Smith should have been compelled to report to deletion, but he didn't. He couldn't. He was compelled to stay, compelled to disobey, exactly the opposite of what a true agent would feel, but exactly what a believer in the autonomy of a human soul like Neo would believe. He's already fighting against the system. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. It, it's just not. In a, it's just not in a way that we're able to can, to see it as more of a as other than like a villain. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, so the article continues, but if Neo is the artificial father who is the Smith's mother, the Oracle, of course, she, uh, of Oracle, of course, she's the mastermind who created this game. And from the first time she met Neo in her kitchen, she knew who he was, the carrier of the code of the systematic anom- anomaly, but she also knew who he was not, the one. Neo was not the one. So this actually goes back to what you said. You and I were talking about this like a few nights ago. About like, oh, she said like he's not the one. I was like, well, she never really said that he wasn't the one. Mm-hmm. But then again, she never said that he was the one. She actually did say it. Because I watched that video uh, that you sent me uh, that was going over this stuff. Yeah. And she did say you're not. But that's, but yeah, actually. Because he goes well, like, yeah, so I'm not the one. And she goes, sorry, kid. Yeah, but see, that's never really a confirmation saying that you're not the one. She says you're not the one, but he goes, sorry, kid. And he goes, maybe you're waiting. He's like, you're waiting for something, maybe a different life. Yeah, I feel like that's confirmation that you're not the one. Mm, mm. Like if someone, if you say I'm not the one, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, sorry, like, you're right. You're not. Yeah. Um, so then the article continues on. It brings out the fact, it brings it up again that the, when the Matrix was first built, there would be a man born inside who had the ability to change whatever he wanted to remake the Matrix as he saw fit. Morpheus says this at um, when Neo is taken out of the Matrix and Neo is like kind of contemplating coming back. Mm-hmm. And Morpheus kind of gives his history of what, of who the one is. Um, after, uh, after he died, the Oracle prophesied his return and that, and that his coming would hail the destruction of the Matrix and end the war, bring freedom to our people. Now, if you remember in Revolutions, Smith kind of does destroy the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Like, he like, and he shapes the Matrix to what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, he with all his copies. He even says that, he goes, when, um, with the Broly fight, with the Super Broly fight, Smith even goes like, oh, you like what I've done the place. Hinting mm-hmm. that like, yeah, I've changed this place, right? Um, so the article uh, finishes Smith, who who had avoided returning to the source when he chose to exile upon his rebirth, never considered that Neo had been uploaded into the Matrix directly from the machine city. As soon as Smith's assimilation of Neo was complete, Smith, the one, was connected directly to the source. His code was then was then uh, disseminated and the prime program was reinserted, allowing the Matrix to reload. Combined with the combined with Neo's deal with the do ex machina, this ended the war and brought peace to the people of Zion. Now, Neo's taken in. He's assimilated. He's take, he's taken into the machine city. He's plugged in, simulated uh, by Smith. Then the code is uploaded. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know if like the code was uploaded if the shit would be restart, restarted anyway. Mm-hmm. It almost makes it seem like the code was either split. Or the code was put on to, like, it was always on Smith. We just needed, like, the thing to spark it. And that was Neo. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems like Neo was the tool and Smith was the one. 
I I totally think that mm. the people who are following this line of thinking are kind of misinterpreting the film. Mm, okay. Because Neo's not Neo's the one. Okay. Because he's the one who's going to be able to one way or another restart the program. Mhm. Not um, not Smith. Not Smith. He doesn't have. He doesn't have the code to do it. That's the thing. I think he's. I think he did have the code to do it. Like the just the fact that like he's going against the program, just like Neo did. I mean, it's even before. Um, it's even before, and like the video had pointed out, it's even before Reloaded. He goes against the program when he un- when he unplugs his ear, his mm-hmm. earpiece. He's already going against the program, and he's he's telling Morpheus. I don't want to be here. It stinks. I have to get out of. I have to get out of the matrix. I have to get into Zion. That's not something like a program would say. Like someone who's following what the matrix is telling them what to do. I I don't really know how to explain it. I mm-hmm. just feel like if he was the one, mm-hmm. like no one was prophesizing that the one would be some virus. But see, no one ever prophesied that the one was be human either. But they also didn't prophesize that the one would come and just mm. want to be a part of Zion either. They said that they were going to free Zion. Mm-hmm. And it made it seem like he was going to be the savior, not accidentally like bringing peace to Zion. Mm. Like actually fight for Zion. Agent Smith wasn't going to fight for shit. No, but see, the, the, point, the point of the one was to bring down... Bring down the Matrix and to bring peace. Mm-hmm. And he brought down the Matrix. Well, he destroyed the Matrix to restart it. And there was peace. Mm-hmm. And I think, like... Actually, it could be... It, to tell you the truth, it could be both ways. It Like... It, this... Okay. I'll say... This is what I'll say now. Now I'm, like, really kind of thinking about it. Because this has always kind of been in the back of my mind. Like, oh, that seems like a possibility. But after, like, kind of reading on it and doing these videos, I'm like, mm, like, okay, I can see it this way. I think they're both... They're both one half of, of a whole. That's what I think. Yeah. Like, there's not one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. Agent Smith is the problem and mm. Neo's the fix. Yeah. Yeah, And exactly. either way, like, they're both making changes... But one's making changes in the Matrix and the other one's doing it in the real world. Mm-hmm. And they both have to work together in their own way. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 I think it's safe to say that Smith is just as important for the context of this world as important as Neo was. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, Matrix Resurrections fucks all that up, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because yeah, I th- I think people who are looking at it from like one side or the other, I think I think they're kind of they're just being blinded of like, no, it's a possibility that like they were both needed to like do this. And I think that's why I think like, and I think there's too much weight being put on the one. Mm-hmm. That's like a human flaw. Yeah, to want to do something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about it, why would anyone prophesize and also want? someone to come help them and it's going to be a fucking virus mm-hmm. you know what i mean well i mean that, that that's the whole thing of like this kind of kind of goes the whole thing of like um 
breaking the system down like you have to tear the system down to like to rebuild it to like but no one but no one's gonna be like it's gonna be this virus that's just breaking shit apart yeah i I think that mm. neo in name is Mm. like in he more fits the one because he's human Mm -hmm. because he's also fucking shit up but he's doing it for the people Mm -hmm. and i'm saying in the story Mm -hmm. like he's the one but like people outside who are watching it mm. know that really he's not you mean outside the matrix no like like, like us oh okay watching it we okay. know that he's not because there is no one because uh, i gotcha it is what it is like this is what's always meant to happen yeah yeah and i think and i think a lot of people they're it's, it's it is that whole messiah thing you know or jesus this one person is or god this one entity one He's mm-hmm. gonna save us, and it's never. If you really think about, it, it's never just one. It's mm-hmm. it's multiple people. Let's just say it's it's Mary Magdalene who gave birth to Jesus, and it's Jesus and his disciples. Um, uh, what's what's what was the the uh, I can't remember the 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 prostitute that he saved. Um, let me see. Uh, prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see from the Bible. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the prostitute from the Bible. Why? Why am I forgetting her fucking name? Is it Mary? No, no, it's Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalene. Oh no, I'm sorry. Mar- sorry, Mary Magdalene uh, is the prostitute, and then the Virgin. The and virgin, then the Virgin Mary. They the have the Mary. same name. Okay, I, I guess I guess that's what I'm getting confused. So, okay, so yeah, there's the Virgin Mary, the mother, and then there's Mary Magdalene, who was like, you know, on Jesus' side, and then like there's the disciples. There's even Judas, who like, I think. People seem to forget that it's never the one. It's never just the Messiah. Even like Allah, it's, it's his disciples as well mm-hmm. to help formulate the possibility of saving humanity, saving souls, saving whatever. It's like, you know, let's say it's like a team or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Even like within the Matrix. Without without Morpheus, they would have never found Neo. Without, mm-hmm. uh, without uh, what's his name? Uh, Tanker Dozer, you know the 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 Nebuchadnezzar would have not gotten around to help Morpheus, even mm-hmm. Cipher. Without Cipher's betrayal and Morpheus getting caught, Neil wouldn't have realized his potential. It's mm-hmm. like these factors and these people that that creates this situation, right? That, that's just my rant on that. <laughs> that's a, that's what I think too. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, I, I don't think that Agent Smith was the good guy. Mm. I think it's is he the good guy? I think that that's what they're trying to say. That if he's the one, he's the savior of humanity, so he is the good guy. Therefore, he's right, and yeah. that's I don't believe that at all. Mm. But also, he's very important to the story. Yes. yes, and he's not necessarily bad either, because even though he's becoming sentient, I don't think he all the way is. Mm-hmm. So he's like um like a you know how we have um ai these days and they fuck shit up real bad because like some of these tesla cars or some shit like yeah that. or yeah. they're like let's have a bot named colors mm-hmm. and they're really fucking awful and kind of scary yeah you know like Th- this is this is this is a side story. would you ever hear that bot that like that was created went through all like this human history and data and stuff like that, and it was just like yeah humanity needs to like fall yeah i remember <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit <laughs> Um, I don't know. Is there is there anything else you want to add to this topic, or no? You're good. Uh, okay, so in the end, like, do you think do you think the Matrix? Do you think it still holds up? Yeah. 
Yes, uh, I, I I share that thought with Kelsey. I think it the movie still holds up. Uh, why Why do you? Just a quick quick little thought. Uh, why do you think this movie still holds up? A few things. Mm-hmm. The philo- the philosophy is timeless. Mm-hmm. The um the graphics are they're not great and amazing, mm-hmm. but they've held up pretty well over the years. So mm-hmm. that's a, an amazing feat in and of itself. Yeah. And they chose the right cast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are, um, you, are you telling me Will Smith would not have been as good as... I don't the, like him in anything. <laughs> Damn. I think he's, like, him and Jamie Foxx are two sides of a different coin. <laughs> they okay. both don't really belong in anything. They mm. can be good, but yeah. they're rarely good. Maybe it's, like, just their personality that really keeps them uh One active. tries to be too goofy, and the other one tries to be too hard. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, I think this still holds up. I still love this movie. Same things Kelsey said, like, is the casting is great, and, uh, the effects, some, some of them are a bit dated, but they're still, it's still amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, plus it's also great to, like, I, I, I've, I've turned, I've turned my mind around on my, I've turned my opinion around on Matrix Reload and Revolutions. After rewatching Revolutions, I'm like... Yeah, this movie's not that bad as I remember. Like, the Battle of Zion was fucking still great to watch. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that today, and I remember you saying how they were not good, and I wasn't going to like them, and I remember watching them, and mm. I was like, what? I, I like them. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think they're super amazing, gotta, like, watch them over and over again, but, mm. like, I was totally entertained. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what a lot of people focus on is just how much of a, like, philosophy vomit these movies are they're just like like this and this and this there's and this a lot of talking especially with the frenchmen i'm like all right dude yeah yeah like uh cause and uh uh what's it called like cause and effect yeah cause and effect probability and all that kind of stuff yeah it's like a little like fuck all right thanks yeah um yeah kelsey even uh, i even showed kelsey uh some of the uh animatrix that was good which is like good. especially like the second renaissance she's so hella good yeah hella good um all right anything else all right, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this uh, podcast on their website. Um, you know, where our lovely Kelsey Loisel writes for. Uh, for, any, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, also, this podcast are on podcast. We're on all podcast catchers. Um, so next week... Uh, you know, I actually thought I was like, well, maybe we'll take next week off. And then I realized, oh, shit, we got to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week, um, you can expect us to review uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film, Licorice Pizza, which is currently in theaters. Uh, with that, our geriatric cinematic will be 1997's Boogie Nights. Uh, that is streaming on Showtime or is available, available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube TV, Amazon, or other VOD services uh the topic for that week will be a look at the 70s through a semi-tone lens (laughs) 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 says the what was that your daughter's alarm no it's the neighbors oh (laughs) okay some weird alien maybe maybe it's one of the maybe it's one of the bots from matrix resurrections over there like trying to communicate (laughs) i hear all the time and then i hear some lady talking what the fuck and and it sounds real muffled through the walls so mm-hmm. for i remember telling you when i like, do you hear that and you're like no i don't hear it and it was like mm-hmm. 
And it didn't sound like a voice. Maybe. But then I was in the shower one day and I heard it again. And I couldn't make out the words, but it was like a lady talking. Okay. And it was like, I don't know, an alarm or something. Was she talking to the alarm? or was No, it... no, it was the alarm. Like it wasn't. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay. For some reason, I'm picking because like your neighbors next door, they're very private like i i got like all these like crazy stories in my head of what type of people they are mm. and when you said that i'm thinking like oh shit did they got somebody like tied up is there somebody ransom like what's 